Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Leba. Joining me for another episode where we talk about how much we love the Arizona Coyotes and a couple other teams is my friend and colleague Nick Barton. The Coyotes came through for us at the top of the show in our underdog segment segment last weekend. Not going back to them this time. The number's too short to make them our favorite underdog, but... um, I'll kick it off at plus 240 underdog in Los Angeles. The Columbus Blue Jackets taking on the Los Angeles Kings. The Jackets continue just to be a kind of pesky team. And and I don't know what you read into this kind of mini phenomena since the trade deadline. Maybe it's a little bit of a dead cat bounce across the entire NHL, but we're seeing these lottery bound teams pull off some upsets. The Blackhawks against the Bruins last night. I mean, the Coyotes against the Flames and the Habs against the Penguins. Not all of them are deserved wins, but it just is happening more often than not lately. And I actually think Columbus sits up okay here against uh, the Kings. I'm, we, it could be a Phoenix Copley start. You'd think that they'd want to go back to Corpus Allo against his former team. But uh, just in terms of like schedule and keeping Corpus Allo fresh for the playoffs, I would imagine... This would be, if it wasn't his former team, this would be the spot where they maybe want to get Copley in there. But regardless, uh, I just think the number's too high on, on a team that's playing, been playing better hockey for, for quite a t- uh, some time now relative to where we have seen them and, and where their price in the market in the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I like the Blue Jackets right now. Their roster's starting to look really sharp again. Um, we talked about how at the start of the year, and I know this was a really common take, but everyone thought they were a team that, overachieved last year and therefore was actually going to drop off this year, even having picked up Goudreau. But now I think we're kind of getting to the opposite part where they're starting to trend up. And I think this is going to be a team that next year I'm starting to have my eye on as like one that's probably going to be a buy low candidate all year. Cause I like a lot of the guys, Marchenko starting to look good. Uh, the third line is actually looking good. I really like Robinson as a driver. Um, so yeah, I think there's enough talent there to, to have some upside in this matchup. And, uh, I like that play. And then the other one, so I'm going to go with my underdog slash anytime goal score, but price-wise, we'll, we'll look at it as an underdog. I'm going with Matthew Kachuk to score versus Montreal. He's been unreal over the last two games with six points. He'd really been pressing before that. He had 5.57 shots on goal for a seven-game sample, just waiting to break through, and then he finally did versus Winnipeg with two goals. I think he's going to follow that up versus Montreal. I really, really like the way he's playing. And that line with Bennett back on it, they are second in the league in expected goals per 60, which is really what matters when we're talking about player props where we want them to score. Because, you know, I, you, if you throw out that a, a line's 75% expected goals, that's great. And obviously that doesn't mean everything regardless. But the more important part is how much are they generating? Because that's what I think is is really critical. Like it, They could be doing that just by allowing nothing against. So that line is second in the entire league and they've, done that over a massive sample the only line that's generated more than them is when they throw barkov at center between kachuk and merhagi so that unit's been really good i think they've looked especially good lately uh with bennett back so i like it give me kachuk to score goal versus the 
Canadians, which is obviously easier to do than a normal team. Maybe we'll 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 build a little uh, goal scorer round robin here to celebrate the beginning of the Australian Football League season, and I guess March Madness too. Um, Kachuk seems like a good one to throw in there. I want to talk a little bit about this game. The Canadians just came off of a, a win against the Pittsburgh Penguins, in which you know it was, it was goaltending issues for Pittsburgh once again. The number does tempt me a little bit. It's near three to one uh on a florida team that playing b- better lately and it's it's been a, a decent stretch now for like six seven weeks where they they played better than what we saw out of them for for the you know preceding couple months um but this habs team plays hard and as well as bobrovsky's been playing of late it just seems like a another spot where we're just kind of dismissing teams as lo- these lottery bound teams and, and not paying attention to the number maybe. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm at least tempted by Montreal because I don't think that Florida is one of these teams where like they, they have a pretty low floor. They're not a team that the, like they don't have a, a standout goaltender. Like I said, Bobrovsky's in good form, but he's, he's as prone to a dud as anybody. And the defensively they, they can make mistakes and they can get into these kind of trading chance matches. And, and that's, that's kind of suits what the Habs try to do as well. So it's a big number for a reason, but I'm not kind of just dismissing Montreal here at three to one. Yeah. I, I like that. I think uh, my play that I'll be going with, I was kicking myself. We, I didn't actually play uh, Ingram over on saves. We mentioned it on the pod yep. that game that if it was Vejmelka or him, well, if you had the alt line, which I think was also a very reasonable play, congrats. Cause you cashed big. And I think this is another good spot for that if it's Montembeau and Net. Um, so I, I think that's a good lean, especially if Montreal can make it scrappy and keep it a little close, which we have kind of see, uh, seen Florida. It seems like they go behind a lot in these games versus weaker teams. And to talk a little bit about the narrative of like bad teams winning late in the year, I wonder if you were to run like a large sample, you know, if the bottom teams are actually winning more now or people are just more surprised when it happens this time of year. Because if you look at the start of the year, it happens. People are like, oh, this this team's settling in. And then like, it, it seems like there's just, I think it's just one of those things that happens, which yeah. like always bothers me when we see like Boston lose to Chicago and people are like, what's wrong with them? And I'm like, well, you know, the <laughs> yeah, bottom no, teams it- in the league win 30% of the time or whatever it is, depending on how, how bad the season is. So yeah, I think I think you know what consider. I think it is. I think it's that we, because of the trade deadline, once a team you know trades away whatever good players it has left, uh, I think we just kind of expect them to crash even further, and maybe that's what it is, and maybe it is a little confirmation bias right now because of where we are uh, and the fact that we just had a night where that the Canadians and uh, Blackhawks won. Uh, as big underdogs and, the, and, and, and the Coyotes. Had a, or sorry, Radish had a hat trick versus the yeah. Bruins. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I stayed off that line because I was worried about uh, Gutman being out and that didn't yeah. matter. Uh, all right, let's move on to the big board now. It's a, another busy night. It's uh, in, in the NHL. Some some interesting games, including this one. The, the, the Lightning and Devils played uh, at the Rock on Tuesday. They'll play again at the Rock on Thursday. Tampa plus 115 in this one. The Devils minus 135. The over under six and a half. The Lightning are as high as 20 to 1. I was on Sirius NHL radio today uh, with Jay Khan and Boomer Gordon. And Boomer had asked me just to, to come up with the three numbers that I think are the most playable in the Stanley Cup market. And there was a couple books that had 
20 to one next to Tampa Bay to win the Stanley cup. Um, and I just think that the numbers, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I think it's a fine bet actually is what I should say, but I also just kind of was shocked because I just can't remember the last time I've seen that number next to Tampa Bay, especially they were 28 to one at three, two last year. Cause I it's, put that in unbelievable. It, well, but, yeah, but I mean, that's in the play. I'm talking about like yeah, in the regular right. season, right? Like this is the market is just seems a little down on them. Uh, Stamkos is out for this one in all likelihood. Uh, as I said, Bez- I thought Vasilevsky was great on Tuesday night. Looks line looks all right. I, I once again probably would lean towards the Devils at the price, but um, nothing that I'm rushing to bet. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of expecting better from the Devils, but we'll see. It's really hard to read the Lightning uh, right now. Yeah, we talk about betting blacklists, and 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 we we talk about them no, normally as teams that keep burning us. Uh, but the Lightning are just a team that I'm like, uh, what are they? like? I'm you just don't know what version of them you're going to get as a team with that isn't one of the elite teams in the league and then kind of just go through these sabbaticals. So uh, yeah, that's a pretty easy pass. Uh, the avalanche and senators are take are playing in Ottawa. Colorado's playing on Wednesday night. So it's a back to back for them. It looks like it'll probably be Johansson in goal. Cause Georgia's playing against the Leafs on Wednesday night. Maybe they go back to him back to back. I would be surprised or justice. And I, one of them doesn't really make a difference. I don't think, um, I've got nothing here, though. I do think that we could see it could be one of those games that's uh, if if like the Avalanche jump out to an early lead, maybe the Senators are a decent live bet at a big number because of the goaltending and and if it's a back and forth game. But I mean the Senators' goaltending is a mess as well, so the over seems square. But I I wouldn't tell, talk anybody off of it. Yeah, I think the over is a great play, and uh, especially as of Wednesday's numbers, I, it'll probably be a lot worse tomorrow. It, it looks like one of me when people piece together the situation it'll uh close with a lot worse number on the over than we're seeing right now so that's kind of my thoughts on that um we'll see could be wrong i think i've yeah i I, in ottawa like their their offense still looks really good uh that was kind of a deflating game again versus edmonton at the end of a horrible road trip but it was one of those ones seemed like everything went wrong. The last thing they needed was two goals against on the first three shots when at that point in the game, they'd actually been playing quite well. So I think it's a realistic spot to just look at that Edmonton game and think that a similar narrative could be coming where that Edmonton game was 6-3. And it was just one of those things. I think that's kind of the way that those teams match up right now. And this is kind of the same thing where it's like going to be tough for the Senators to keep the Avs in check but they've got the offensive firepower to give up, put up a fight. So yeah, I kind of like the square take with it being higher scoring. The Bruins, as we said, they are coming off of a wonky loss to the Blackhawks on Tuesday night. Boston was north of minus 400 on the road. Um, They're minus 170 in Winnipeg, the Jets plus 145, the over under six. I, I, I don't think that the number is good enough on Winnipeg to bet it. And, you know, it could be like a bounce back spot for the Bruins, but it could also we could also just be starting to see like the Bruins maybe come just come back to earth a little bit and pace themselves for the playoffs as well, because uh, they just haven't looked like you said. Like, there's nothing wrong with them, right? They they had a couple um, mediocre performances against Detroit, and then they were caught against Chicago. So it, I I would say the Jets are intriguing, but the number I don't think is is good enough. Yeah, it's I think this next stretch for the Bruins is going to be really interesting because it's hard to. Like, I don't know if I think they're as outrageous, and I've kind of made this point. I don't know if I think they're as outrageously far beyond the other top teams as people think. 
which is kind of why I uh, don't think it's a good cup future. I know some people have different takes on this. I've seen models that have them as like one of the heaviest favorites ever. I don't think they look like the Avs of last year where I was beating the drum all year that I thought that was like an excellent outright price and that like the traditional hockey narratives were hiding that because it just doesn't look like they're just like starching teams to me. And I know they're playing a lot more tough teams, but when they play the top dogs, to me, it's looked like they're finding ways to win. And they have Allmark, who's had a historically good season, but he also wasn't near this good last year. So you're kind of, I, I, I wonder like about a lot of the things with the Bruins. I think it's really interesting. We're officially a month away from the playoffs now, or I think it'll be like 32 days or whatever from this date. So I think it'll be really exciting to see how the Bruins look down the stretch when they play versus some of these top teams and something to keep an eye on. Like, I don't think that cup outright price is getting any better. And the question is kind of like, do they deserve it? How good are they really going to be down the stretch? Cause it's one of those things they banked all those close wins and wins with all Mark dominating, but what's going to happen. Are they going to have like a higher level? I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah. I wonder if I, I've I've had this thought about the Bruins that a lot of what they do is is so it's what a lot of what they do well is a lot harder to quantify than what the Avalanche did well last year. And and that both sure. by, by numbers and the eye test, like the complexities of of just making a smart play rather than, you know, Kale McCarr and uh, you know, starting a rush and stuff. So I do wonder and and if that's part of the reason why we because uh, I'm in the same boat with you. Like I think if the Bruins, this season's Bruins and, and last season's Avs played, I would bet the Avs, and, and even if it was you know straight odds. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting one. Um, I think it's eight of the last 32 Presidents winners have won the Cup, which I don't think means that they're fluke or anything. I just think people always forget when it comes down to it. It's like yeah. such a... And what what the av- variant, like it's so hard to completely dominate to where like when you play four rounds of like really really tight hockey you just yeah. guarantee yourself the result, especially in that uh, you know bracket. I think what was the the Avalanche finished like a point behind the the Panthers last year. So when some yes. I, I can't remember where it was. So I was like, well, and they were. Close. So I I looked at that too in an article I did lately for uh, sports betting going legal in Boston. And so the last twenty seven Cup winners. Two were listed at plus 400 or shorter to win prior to the beginning of the playoffs. So one of them was the Avs. Yeah, Avs. And I maybe one of them was Tampa. I can't remember. I didn't I didn't list that in there. Could have or been. Maybe yeah. it, or maybe like, way, it might have been a team way back, too. Yeah, I was going to say maybe one of the Red Wings or even like that Avalanche Oh, team. yeah, the 0102 Red Wings probably would have been the other one. Yeah. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. one 800 
800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Uh, all right. The Chicago Blackhawks travel to Nashville to take on the Predators. Hawks plus 230. Preds minus 275. Over under six. I think the Predators actually kind of fall into that narrative I was talking about too with teams. I know that they're not going to be the big prices that we see out there, but they're seven, two and one, I believe in uh, their last 10. And that's including most of the, most of those games is have come since they traded away, you know, at and Juno. Uh, so this is a team that is still fighting and they're being scrappy and they've got the goalie and, and, a, and an elite, you know, defenseman in Roman Yossi that can kind of, uh, you know, drive the bus. Tommy Novak has been a, a bit of a revelation, but I still don't think that they should be uh, this, or I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't, I, I just would never bet them at this number. So yeah, I'm I agree. Bet. And I actually, so I looked at this cause I was wrong on them and they ultimately deserve the win. I thought Detroit was really strong in the first and I've kind of get, been getting burned. So I think they're actually eight, two and one in the last 11, but they're winning versus horrible teams, which makes it hard to, I think, Florida was the only win they had versus a, a playoff team. Oh, the Kings in there too. But yeah, I, I still question it. Like, I think I just have a hard time seeing how they're going to continue this moving forward, but who knows? They've been proving me wrong. So yeah, I agree. I kind of just thought it was a pass at this number, but the, the stars and Oilers next. And, and this game kind of is more interesting in what the odds are telling us than from a betting perspective, I think. Uh, stars are plus 110 on the road. Oilers minus 130 over under six and a half. This could be a round one matchup depending on how things shake out. And I think nuts. Yeah, it would be a great matchup. And like I would make the Oilers, I mean, they won't have home ice advantage, so it's hard to say, but I would make the Oilers basically 50 50 here. And that's kind of what these odds are telling us is that when you flip them and or take away the home ice advantage, it'd be really close uh, to a coin flip. So, uh, that's really my those are my thoughts on Dallas and Edmonton as I, I don't really have a bet here. Yeah, I didn't really have a bet. I was kind of kicking myself. We I feel like we had elite leans on the pod on Tuesday because I really thought that Vancouver could upset in that game and there was a great spot to back them and got nothing out of that. And personally I'm a little low on the stars, but we'll we'll see. I still just look at them as that team that's elite at keeping games close and hanging in, but I guess that could be a it's it just makes me weary of backing them as like a favorite. And I know they're an underdog in this game, and I'm just thinking the playoffs, like if you're yeah. gonna, they're priced, you know, up there with the West favorites. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a really interesting game, but I also don't have anything there. The coyotes, man. Oh my goodness. They're up next. They're hosting the Vancouver Canucks who are also one of the best teams in the world right now. <laughs> Nowhere. Um, the coyotes, are continuing their what could end up being a record setting at least from a betting ROI perspective uh home ice advantage they're only plus 125 on on Thursday night in, in Vancouver and like I said the Canucks are in good form so it's not one that that excites me but I guess I'm I'm obligated to just back the Coyotes and take my medicine when they lose 
I was wondering, I think Arizona, yeah, that, so Hayden and Keller right now are insane is the one point I keep thinking when they're playing some of these teams is that duo is like better than a lot of teams' top stars right now, which is just crazy to think. But the one thing I, w- I would love to see about the Coyotes, so Calgary just broke the record for most times losing in a season where they outshot an opponent by 10 or more. Um, I would, I, Arizona's got to be getting close to the most wins where they're on the other side of that. I think if someone has that stat out there, fire it at me because I'd like to see it. Um, it does seem like they're just doing a good job of hanging around. I think there is a certain difference too when teams kind of know they're going to play like that. Like typically those breakdowns aren't as much like wide open and like as when, you know, it's a lot of shots coming uh, with bodies behind the puck. And I just wonder, and the other note is Arizona's goaltending has been really, really good. So yeah, I, I kind of just lean Arizona, but you know, I've got that whole talk at curse. So can't bet on this game. Last one before we get to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, March the 16th. Uh, the Flames, even money in Vegas to take on the Knights. We're minus 120 and the over under six. I'm, I'm just at a loss. So I'll just let you take this one. I've got nothing. I, flames are pass, <laughs> I think is the take. But literally, like, is this not the third time they've played in Vegas already? Feels like I've lost on this game like six times, but the last one—it feels like it always comes off of a wonky. I mean, there's been a ton of them, but it always comes off of a a weird Flames loss, and you're just like, do the numbers? Yeah, this is. I have the stomach to. Probably a great spot for Vegas to win in overtime if I had to nail it down. Yep. (sighs) All right. On that note, let's get to our favorite bets for uh, St. Patrick's Day Eve. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. I'm going to focus on the Rangers in, uh, they are hosting the Penguins, the Penguins plus 120, the Rangers minus 140, over under six and a half, a rarity for me. I think that the Rangers have some value here. I wouldn't hate doing like a minus one and a half here at plus 165 or the money line, but for tracking purposes, I'll put it in uh, at minus uh, the minus one and a half plus 165, because I think that this game sets up to be pretty high event with the way Pittsburgh has been playing. Their defensive numbers haven't been great basically for the lion's share of the season, but they are creating scoring chances. And the Rangers' defensive numbers lately, especially with Ryan Lindgren out, have been pretty poor. That said, if that is how this game goes, I think that the, it suits the Rangers. The goaltending edge will be in the Rangers' favor as long as it's Shesterkin, which I have no reason to believe it's not. And the Penguins, they're either going to go with Tristan Jari, who is in absolutely terrible form, or more likely go with Casey DeSmith, whose numbers are decent, but... We know what Casey DeSmith's level is as a, as a goaltender. So the Rangers will have an edge there. And the icing on the cake here is that the Penguins' defense will likely be without Jeff Petrie. It will likely be without Jan Ruta. And it will almost certainly be without, well, it will be without Dmitry Kulikov. None of those three are me- needle movers on their own, I don't think, at this point in their career. But given the context of the team they play for, the Penguins, who lack depth over there already, and don't have outside of Latang like a true top pair defenseman to go with him. It's it's basically a defense by committee. And when you're taking away three bodies, three regular NHL decent at their role players, uh, and then calling up three others to 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 step in, it's tough. And lastly, like the Nick Bonino move that I thought was okay, like a, I'm not saying it was a great you know shrewd move, but we talked a lot about their bottom six, and at least gives them. Uh, another NHL body there. He's out too. So this Penguins team is just decimated at the bottom of the roster right now. And 
the Rangers should be able to create enough scoring chances, I believe, to get the separation to cover the puck line. So I actually like the minus one and a half plus 165. Nice. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of making the same case, I thought, versus Washington, where it's just, you know, even strength play might be 50-50, but I think they're holding a lot of the edges outside of that. And it does kind of seem like some of those guys are starting to really find their form and, and feel pretty good about their games outside of that, you know, fox Mikola pairing, which is something special right now. And the other one, I think, could be an interesting narrative to consider um, Shisterkin saves over. I could see this being like relatively open, fairly high event. Maybe New York gets some leads. Pittsburgh's pushing. I, I know in that playoff series, they were peppering a lot of shots on goal. And I think there could be a lot of game scripts where that, that kind of support that bet. So I think that's definitely a number where like I'll watch and see where it opens um, and consider that. Yeah, it also feels like a game, considering they just played and it got a little nasty, we could see some power plays. Uh, you know, both sides uh, or the refs having like a pretty tight whistle to start just to like cool things off. And that would also, I think, favor uh, the Rangers as well. Um, all right. Now on to yours, a late night special out in the West Coast. Yes, I'm going to go with the Kraken to win in regulation versus San Jose. They're in the midst of a three game losing streak. I don't think it's been as bad as that sounds. And it just seems like a really good get right spot for me for a team that's desperate to break through going to the postseason. I don't think they'll blow it in San Jose too often. I like the way this matchup looks. And San Jose of all the like bottom feeders right now has arguably looked the worst. Like they're really pushing hard to get down to dead last. They're now, if Columbus were to win one of the games in hand, they're in dead last. So, and it seems like all the things that were kind of going early on, the wheels have just fallen off. So especially if Kakinen's in, I think this is a really good play. Uh, it seems like some of the veterans that kind of were into it early on are checking out a little bit. Um, I like William Eklund, and I think Zetterlund's decent, but it still just seems like there's not enough moving the rope for me here. So I think Seattle's just going to be hungry. They're going to play with four lines that can win a lot of shifts, and I think it's a good spot to go with them here. And to talk about that Sharks-Flu Jackets game, that was prop gold. Every good, I posted a bunch and then I was like, okay, I better stop. Like, I don't want people to think <laughs> I'm an idiot here. But I also was looking at that game. I was like, this is, this has got to be such a good spot for both of these. And then uh, like all the ones I didn't post even hit, because it was just such a defensive mess from both, especially San Jose. I don't even really know how they got it tied up, but it was, it was pretty ugly. And then I loved the overtime winner of like a 200 foot two on O not going in the net after Goudreau and Johnny or Goudreau and Line overpass. And then it just bangs behind the net and they still score anyways. Yeah. And it was just the most like Columbus San Jose ending to that game. I was just, I loved that highlight when I saw it. Yeah. That was a beautiful game. Um, all right. That does it for this episode of line change. The underdogs at the top were uh, the blue jackets over uh, the Kings at plus two forty, and Matthew Kachuk plus one twenty Anytime goal score for the Cats against the Habs and our best bets Rangers minus one and a half against Pittsburgh and the Kraken in regulation against the Sharks. Uh, and until then, or I should say that does it for us. Um, and for Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. We'll see you on Tuesday, but until then, best of luck with all your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.